Guardian Unlimited. So, Mingus, you applied to visit Guantanamo Bay recently, but the US government turned down that request. What, what reason did they give? No real reason. Uh, but they did point out that the Foreign Affairs Select Committee of the House of Commons had visited Guantanamo and that there's a Liberal Democrat member of that committee and the suggestion was that that was uh, quite enough. Um, I've been particularly concerned about Guantanamo right since the very beginning and in fact in Washington in September uh, I met John Bellinger who is of course the principal legal advisor to the State Department uh, and other officials with responsibility for Guantanamo and took the opportunity once again to raise the issue with them. My concerns about legality but my concern is also about the enormous damage which it does to uh, the reputation of the United States and by association the reputation of the United Kingdom. And last year we thought there might be some progress. The US was bounced a bit by a Supreme Court ruling into saying that the prisoners were entitled to protection under, under the Geneva Conventions. Um, and they've since said that they plan to release around 110 prisoners, put a further 70 on trial, and the rest, around 250, are of course still in what Amnesty International calls a legal black hole without any prospect of any trial. Um, where, where do we go next? Do you see any possibility of, of movement, particularly now with a new Congress? I think it's unlikely there will be movement uh, under a new Congress. We may well have to wait for movement under a new precedent. What is slightly concerning is the fact that the United States has been spending quite a lot of money, $100 million, people say, uh, on extending and improving, they claim, facilities at Guantanamo. Now, you don't spend that kind of money if you're intending to wrap the place up. Uh, I think there's an acceptance in some parts of the United States, at least, that they will hold on to some of the people who are presently detained uh, for as long as it, in their words, takes. My anxiety about all of this is that this is detention without trial. It's detention which flies in the face of every accepted legal principle. And although the Supreme Court has, to some extent, um, exercised its muscle by claiming a degree of jurisdiction over what happens at Guantanamo, remember that the Americans regard themselves as being at war and the people who are detained there as being illegal combatants uh, and therefore having a particular status, or rather a particular non-status, which doesn't entitle those who have been detained to the same rights and privileges as anyone else, and in particular to the same rights and privileges as an ordinary American citizen. Now, in a recent policy paper, uh, the Lib Dems uh, suggested that the UN might lead the policing of places like Guantanamo. Um, we've heard some terrible reports about what is going on there, even apart, of course, from the issue of people, uh, people having no prospect for trial, but also report torture. Given that America, though, has a sceptical relationship with the UN, John Bolton admittedly is moving on, but given that, uh, it, that the relationships haven't always been very good, do you, do you still think the UN is the way forward uh, in tackling the problem? Well, how else are we going to persuade the United States other than through an international institution like the United Nations? You're quite right. The United States and the United Nations do have a somewhat uh, variable relationship. But how else are we going to persuade the United States other than through an international institution? There's no doubt that the existence of Guantanamo is deeply, deeply damaging to the effort, which is how I describe it, uh, against terrorism. Because... 
What it does is it confirms in the minds of terrorists, and indeed those who are sympathetic to them, that the United States in particular is willing to abandon the rule of law. Uh, and if we go to Iraq uh, and say that our purpose is to, to create democracy uh, and also allow the rule of law, and we, by that I mean the Americans, are seen to be departing from that in the way in which they treat people who fall into their hands, sometimes in very doubtful circumstances. Bashar al-Rawi, for example, who's Ed Davies' constituent, is said to be working for MI5, uh, which makes it all the more curious that he found himself in Guantanamo, but even more curious that the British government has not been much more assiduous in pressing for his release from detention. I think we have a moral obligation to British residents uh, who may find themselves in, in Guantanamo. There are legalistic arguments about whether they're citizens of the United Kingdom or not and what responsibilities we have. But look, if someone's thought to be sufficiently British to work for the security services, then surely he's sufficiently, sufficiently British to be the subject of efforts by the British government to have him returned home. I wonder just how much effort has been made. That's the real question. But Ed Davey had an adjournment debate this week in the House of Commons. I believe Sarah Tether made a contribution to that as well. They're pursuing as strongly and as effectively as they possibly can the cases of their constituents. I think there are eight British residents currently being detained there. It's high time they were returned home. We've heard in some ways even more alarming reports uh, from what, what some people are calling black sites, these secret detention centres in Eastern Europe and, and elsewhere which are allegedly run by the US and, and where suspects are taken and, and possibly tortured. Guantanamo Bay, we know what it, a bit about what it's like. Uh, the Red Cross have been in. They didn't like what they found there, but they've been in. If Guantanamo was closed, as a lot of people would like, wouldn't, isn't there the danger that these kinds of interrogations would be driven underground and there would be even more extradition and it would be even less clear what exactly was happening to terror suspects at the hands of uh, American interrogators? Well, it's a novel proposition to say that <coughs> we should maintain Guantanamo because it's a letter of two evils. Mm. If there are evils, then they should be dealt with. Uh, black um, sites uh, were wholly contrary to international law. So-called extraordinary rendition, of which people were moved from a jurisdiction, legal jurisdiction in which torture was not permitted to jurisdiction where torture might be permitted, uh, that is wholly illegal. And the way in which you deal with illegality at any level is to bring it to an end. Gordon Brown said on Sunday that uh, if, if he becomes PM, he would be frank with George Bush, he would stand up for Britain's national interest. Do, do you have confidence that if he becomes PM, he will, on this, on this issue in, in particular? Well, it's not what people say that counts, it's what they do. And I've no doubt if you'd asked Mr Blair in 1997, uh, on the morning of the day uh, which all the uh, Labour mood music was that things can only get better, he'd have said exactly the same as Gordon Brown. But the fact of the matter is that Mr Brown's been a member of a cabinet, a cabinet which has allowed the Prime Minister to be as close to George W Bush as he has been, to an extent that many people believe we've been so subordinate as to appear subservient. And the question really is this, uh, how far would Mr Blair have been able to do any of these things if the Cabinet, and in particular the Chancellor of the Exchequer, had stood up to him?
Mr. David Cameron, he said in September, uh, we must not stoop to illiberalism, whether at Guantanamo Bay or here at home with uh, excessive periods of detention without trial. Does that make him a liberal or not? Well, if invitation is the sincerest form of flattery, then one might regard Mr. Cameron's remarks in that same light. Look, a liberal is as liberal does. And if you look at the uh, record uh, of the other two parties on these fundamental liberal issues, uh, then they do not meet the necessary criteria. And let me tell you this too. The time to be liberal was at the time when military action was proposed against Iraq. That was the time to be liberal, to say that the rule of international law is fundamental, uh, that the inspectors should be allowed to continue their inspections uh, throughout Iraq. That was the time to be liberal. Where was Mr Cameron on that occasion? I'll tell you where he was. He was in the lobby along with the government endorsing the principle of military action against Iraq. Look at the consequences of that military action. Look at the cost of the United Kingdom in terms of young men and young women, uh, and in financial terms, and in political terms, in terms of international reputation and influence. If there had been more liberals uh, of all parties in the opposition lobby on the night of the 18th of March of 2003, things would not be as bad as they are now. There seems to have been a dying down of public outrage almost in Britain about uh, this. There was a bit of outrage over the uh, what the Tipton Three, as they were called, told us about what was going on there. And of course, there was Marazem Beg's uh, film, The Road to Guantanamo, which made quite an impact. But do you think the British are, are turning inwards and becoming more isolationist, losing faith almost in our ability to right to wrongs abroad? I think what happens is that if a state of affairs, however objectionable, exists for long enough, then people's attention tends to be diminished. They move on. There are other things that occupy their minds. That doesn't make the state of affairs any more acceptable. Guantanamo is as unacceptable today as it was when it was first set up. Guardian Unlimited.